DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. We're joined now by Greg Rubel, play-by-play voice of the BYU Cougars. He is on the Smart Rain guest line. Best of State Award winner Smart Rain is having an end-of-season sale on the Irrigation Smart Controller. Save 50% off each Smart Controller purchase. Offer available to all commercially property zone listeners. Visit SmartRain.net to schedule a demo today. Greg, good morning. Good morning. So he's going with Rush because it's a Canadian. But I, I would think Rubes would like maybe Neil Young, Drake, or Ann Murray. Bring them all on. <laughs> that's, that, that's the start of a great playlist right there, PK. Just max out on Canadians, huh? But the, star, but, but the song you brought me in with you know, speaks to all of us, right? Because it's the spirit of radio, and we all believe in that. We uh, do. On the 1st and 15th, I especially do. <laughs> <laughs> I just get paid once a month. BYU is 4-0. They are nationally ranked. The number one reason for this great start in your mind is? Good football. Good complimentary football. I mean, they're taking care of it. They're not giving it away. Uh, they're scoring when they get the opportunity, uh, especially the last game. Um, defense has been really solid. Um, they're, they're finding a way to be resilient. They've faced adversity in every game. Team comes back a little bit, and then BYU uh, does what it has to do to, to cl- kind of close things out. It's been good football. It's just been really solid. I, I, you know, you, you could take a look at different areas and say they could be better here or there, but I really do feel when it comes to that phrase of complimentary football, um, every side is doing what's, what, what's, you know, what it's taken to, to win four games at this juncture. How much credit do you think in this circumstance goes to the consistency and the quality of the coaching staff? Well, I'm, I'm you know, I, I'm so impressed with, with the way A-Rod's called the first four games, and not that anybody should be surprised by it. He was, you know, deeply involved in play calling prior to his current assignment. But I just love the way he's kind of game by game, you know, brought this team along and brought them through. And, and you know, his mantra is, don't do the things that get you beat. And, and that's what BYU's been done, you know, doing a good job of. You know, uh, you know, very few ill-timed penalties, uh, very few giveaways, the kinds of things that kind of wreck your opportunity to play consistent football. His, his mindset is aggressive um, in particular parts of the field, but he's not reckless. Uh, he's done you know, the, the, the things that have brought Jaron Hall along. Uh, he's had to make a quarterback shift, uh, quarterback sh- uh, switch three games in. And, and, and got similar uh, results than he had with, with, with the other guys. So I, I just think A-Rod's been tremendous at how this season has started. Um, you know, Coach Tuiaki and Coach Sitake now uh, have worked on their defense together now into his sixth season, and I think you see how they like to play the game, and, and they're dealing with some adversity right now in terms of personnel, finding a way to kind of grind through it. And, and there's a lot to be said for the continuity in the staff. And, and other staffs have brought it up when talking about BYU, that even though A-Rod's quote-unquote the new OC, he's really not that new. And, and everything else that they've brought you know, is most of you know, coaches back from last year. Uh, the additions of Coach Funk and Coach Clune have already seemed to pay some dividends. Uh, I think the coaching staff is a big, big part of it, PK. So as BYU prepares for Utah State, obviously a lot of guys leave the previous game injured, um, mm-hmm. and there's a you know whole wide range of what is possible, who could be missing, who could be back, 
And in my mind, some of them are not a big deal because I think the next guy up has already shown that he can play at a pretty high level. In my mind, I have zero idea how high level some of the other backups can play at. So as not to load the question and bias it too much, PK's been calling me out on that. I'm curious uh, where you've got more confidence and where you've got less confidence. Well, I think the Keenan Peely loss is you know, almost irreplaceable. Um, it's, you know, things were moving along pretty well, and so much talk about the, you know, at that time, you know, two and zero, three and zero, uh, and but but losing Keenan, P- there's no one really like him. Um, you know, it's it's like Utah State losing, you know, Justin Rice or Utah losing a Devin Lloyd. It's 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 that kind of importance. Um, you just don't have someone like him. Uh, you can sh- shuffle some pieces around, but that's a that that's a loss BYU is going to feel, you know, the whole season, and and it's 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 an ex-band up mentality. But he was a pretty special man. You lost, and, and so now it's you, you. do drop down a notch, and and you have to find a way to make do. Um, I, I think, guys, if you look if you look at from the from the season opener against Arizona, to what BYU might put on the field or, or did put on the field, let's say against South Florida, I think there were four guys on defense in the same spot. That's and that's just four weeks in. So football has been and is a brutal sport and the war of attrition is is raging at BYU right now and they're they're four and oh despite hardships and despite adversity that defense has been banged up and is showing up in a lot of different places on the field uh, like I said more than half the defense looks different from game one to game four in that starting 11. We saw when the Devils came in and after they left they were talking about the crowd and all that and may have contributed to some of their penalties, although they know they had 10 against SUU at home, so I don't necessarily buy that. I think it's a lack of discipline that has plagued the program for many years. But nevertheless, they spoke of that. And where I'm going with this is this is BYU's first true road game because we were there, I was there in, in Vegas, and obviously that was on the road. It wasn't at home anyway, but the crowd was by and large for the Cougars for sure. Now they're not going to have the same level of uh, attendance at Maverick Stadium, but it's it's going to be raucous and all. Do you, you put any stock into BYU being in this environment for the first time and may cause issue? Well, they're prepping so that it won't be, but back to what you said about BYU's environment, um, you know, it clearly had an impact in one particular series uh, for Arizona State. And, and 10 penalties to 16 penalties is still a pretty decent jump. And, and that jump can be found in the number of false starts Arizona State had in the rock section end of the stadium, I think, that night. So, so it, it had an impact on that night. South Florida, I really credit for not having it or not letting it be uh, much of an impact. Now, the crowd wasn't the same. Uh, there were fewer people, and the energy wasn't quite as amped up. But I really applaud Timmy McLean and, and USF for, for playing a pretty clean game that way because it was still loud enough and and USF did a nice job of of not having it be an issue. If you go back at it, uh, DJ and PK, this is the first truly hostile crowd BYU's faced since their last trip to Logan. I mean, none of the road games since that game two years ago at Maverick could be considered hostile. Uh, You know, they played at Coastal when there were 5,000 fans during the COVID year. Um, That same year in 2019, they played San Diego State, but, you know, nobody really shows up or had been showing up. Um, there, this is the, the first, you've got to go two years to find an environment that makes you work to keep your focus. And, and so BYU's offense has been inside this week in the IPF. Um, the big speaker's out blasting it. And like, you know, A-Rod told me Monday, 
yeah, you get annoyed by it. Your ears are ringing after 90 minutes, but it's something you have to do uh, because we haven't seen it in a while. We're going to see it on Friday night. The BYU bench has been moved from the west side to the east side, which puts the, the Cougars in front of the student section. Um, so these little distractions that come up, BYU is trying to prep to, uh, you know, kind of uh, withstand the impact of them on Friday night. Greg Rubel joining us, BYU play-by-play voice. I'm curious, uh, as you kind of look at scores, you maybe get to see some of the games, depending on kickoff times and all that, with two-thirds of the schedule in front of you, who are the big tests for BYU, and who do you think they can sail through pretty easily? Well, you know, Utah State, Boise State, is, is it, that's a tough little back-to-backer right there. Um, this week in Logan and next week in Provo. Um, so, so the Mountain West phase right there is is pretty stout, and and then BYU's not had you know out of state trips beyond the neutral field at, at at in Las Vegas to open the season, and and the back half of the schedule is road heavy. So in their final six games, they have five FBS games, and of the five FBS games, four are on the road. So in a lot of ways, you know the heavy lifting is still to come for BYU um, at Baylor. And, and, and Baylor's nationally ranked right now. They gave themselves a nice ramp-up schedule, but beating, Arizona, beating Iowa State's legit. They did the right thing by easing themselves in, then they kind of unleashed it a bit. Kind of had to hang on, but that's a good win. Um, so you got the Mountain West games back-to-back. Then you go Baylor on the road, Wazoo on the road. One's clearly tougher than the other. And then you get the Bronco game, and that's got its own set of subplots and storylines and motivations Idaho State, we kind of skip past, and then you go Georgia Southern, USC on the road back-to-back to end the year. So, you know, the ones you're going to get are Idaho State. The one you really expect to get is Georgia Southern. They've made a coaching change, and Wazoo's kind of in the same boat. So those Mountain West games, the Baylor-Virginia game, and the USC game, those are five tough, tough games to win. So 4-0 is great, but like I said, this is, the, this is a tough sledding schedule for BYU with a lot still to come. So this is cool this year. They've got the Broncos and Bronco. I like that. The Bronco game. Bronco squared. (laughs) Uh, Do you think that Utah State can exploit any of the same stuff that South Florida did in the second half? Well, I I was really – I thought Utah State didn't get the – I mean, the the, the 27-3 score will be among the more misleading scores in football this year, I thought. As I watched and listened to that game on on Saturday – you know, I, I just thought, man, alive, Utah State should be going to the halftime locker room thinking, how are we not leading this game? You know, they, they, they did so many good things, and then they did the kinds of things that BYU's managed to avoid for the most part to this point in the season. Now, BYU did have a blocked field goal uh, last week that kept them out of the red zone. In fact, the only time they've not scored in the red zone this year, guys, was that blocked field goal, field goal against USF. But Utah State certainly didn't get enough bang for its buck last week. That was a winnable game, and 27-3 says it's not winnable. But if you were there, watched, or listened, or saw how Utah State was moving the ball on Boise, you know Utah State could have expected to lead at halftime and should have expected to be in that game, if not win it, but for the mistakes they made. Um, as to what Utah State can hope to exploit, I mean, USF you know, did well, but was never really in a position to win that game. Um, they're... they're you know, A-Rod told me Monday, he said, it's kind of weird. We had a team down 22 points that wanted to bleed clock. Um, and they weren't going to have enough possessions to win the game if they kept playing that way. And that's exactly what happened. Every time BYU got the ball, BYU scored. 
And every time USF got the ball, they wanted to run, you know, 12 to 18 plays um, in a very piecemeal fashion, and, and that wasn't going to work for them in the end. And so in every game, you could argue BYU's been challenged, but they haven't been challenged to the point where they were in, in danger of losing the game. And so, you know, that's, that's something Utah State will have to do. Let's keep in mind, guys, BYU's not trailed yet. So even if USF or if USU were to go up 3 or 7 nothing, well, they've already put BYU in a spot they haven't been in yet this year. Right. Greg Rubel joining us here on 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. Have you heard anything, maybe it's too early, but have you heard anything about the impact the Big 12 announcement is having on recruiting? No, just beyond the general. Um, you know, they're going to get into maybe some geographic areas they, they weren't before. Um, they may have to. Uh, as a result of the conference shift, but I, I think you know the biggest impact will simply be if if they were ever losing out to kids on tiebreakers being P5, that's out the window now. So if if all things were equal with a recruit or a recruit's family, but P5 was the tipping point, well, you take that off the table and that changes a lot of things because you know that BYU's probably lost a handful of guys they've wanted over that one particular component. And, you know, I'm sure they were told if you, you know, if you could just give us that, it would, it would make a difference. Well, now they've got that. So I really don't think it's going to, you know, drastically expand the pool. Uh, BYU casts already a, a decently wide net, but they're always going to specialize in who they target. And I think when doing so, they can now do so on a, a truly equal playing field with the other big names they're competing with to land talent. Yeah, I actually think that where it would have the most positive effect, and I think this also in basketball, is in the grad transfer situation because they're going to be able to evaluate it. They're more mature, and obviously I'm talking about the non-LDS kid who maybe the have more... Uh, I don't know of an issue, but be more concerned about the honor code, whereas an 18-year-old thinking of four or five years in that environment, uh, as opposed to one or two, plus they're far more mature, they've been around a little bit, they understand the situation. So I really look for BYU to feast on the transfer market, particularly with basketball, because the jump from the West Coast to the Big 12 in basketball is just absolutely enormous. And so I'm expecting yeah. big things. And and actually now, I want you to say, uh, let's see, bef- between now and 2025, BYU is going to make multiple Sweet 16s. Yeah, I'm not saying that. <laughs> That a kid, Greg. Way to hold firm. <laughs> but no, in all seriousness, I think Mark Pope is just going to do great stuff because I think this is a major improvement for him and his access to recruiting now because this is a top-notch, without question, basketball league. Yeah, it's a game changer. He's already done great stuff. Right. You know, e- even within the confines of the WCC. Yeah. And, and especially even with grad transfer talent there, too. You know, they, they've already explored that market fairly well yeah. in the current confines. And so, yeah, I mean, he knows that, you know, that, that everything elevates in terms of expectation, uh, competition, uh, the, the battle for athletes. It's all going to be ramped up, and he's in for it. If there's anybody who's in for it, it's Mark Pope, right? You guys know that. Right, and I think he yeah. is going to just – I really believe – He's going to do great, great stuff because I think this is this is going to open so many doors because you're not going to find a better basketball league. Yeah, and, and the margin for error widens, right, when it comes to actual on-floor competition. 
Um, it, it's not, you know, two bids or bust, you know, or you have to finish second to, 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 to the, the, the championship-winning team to have a shot. Right. You, you, you can be in the mix both. in the Big 12 yeah, and still have a really, really good basketball team and have a great shot at playing in March. Well, uh, Oklahoma was 16-11, uh, and 11, I think, 9-8 and eight last year, and they made the NCAA tournament. That right. just tells you the respect level that that conference has. They were an eight seed, so I don't want to say they're guaranteed to make the tournament, but their chances, as you say, they can finish fourth or fifth in that league and still get a sixth seed. Yeah, with the style of play, and you can argue, and you know, to some point, the level of talent BYU's been playing with, that would put you in the running, right? And and that's where you just need to be in the Big Twelve. I mean, yep. ideally, you're going to try and compete for championships, yep. but um, you know, BYU's already experienced, you know, some of the Big Twelve um, top of the heap. Uh, dynamic in in its own conference. Uh, I think Gonzaga has been a really good training ground for BYU. Actually, when you think about competing in the Big Twelve, I think you're going to get your wish. I'll yeah. say it if you won't. I think <laughs> Pope is going to get them to multiple Sweet Sixteens. What I feel bad about Greg is that you have just traded San Francisco for Stillwater and Malibu for Manhattan, and I froze one morning in Manhattan, Kansas, because of college basketball, and I feel bad for you. No, you know, the, the, the great thing about the WCC uh, when it comes to basketball is every road trip you take is headed west. And uh, when you hit the Big 12, every road trip you take is going to be headed east. And so you're going to be, um, you're going to be you know, giving up the, uh, the, the sandstorms for the ice storms. Um, and uh, it, it's going to be a, a different deal entirely. The travel will be interesting. I'm sure there will be some stories to tell within a decade from now about getting to certain venues on certain nights. But, uh, you know, obviously the trade-off is is certainly worth it. Well, Stockton's been a good training ground in that regard, the same way Gonzaga has. (laughs) (laughs) Nice giggle. Stockton's still pleasant enough. Greg, we appreciate a little bit of time. Thanks for joining us, and enjoy the game in Logan. Really looking forward to getting back up into uh, Maverick Stadium and, and hearing some, uh, some opposing fans in the stands again. And, and uh, you know, it's funny, BYU and Utah State have played nothing but blowouts for almost a decade now. And, uh, you know, maybe, maybe a close game will, will crop up one way or the other. Right. Uh, BYU's been having these games where they have a nice little lead, team chips in, BYU gets it done. We'll see what kind of, uh, kind of dynamic we end up with tomorrow night. Always a pleasure, guys. Thanks for the time. Thanks, Greg. Greg Rubel, play-by-play voice of the BYU Cougars, joining us here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. We're joined now by Dr. Justin Johnson. He is with Premier Wave, and it is a sensitive subject. What would you tell men that are on the fence about this treatment? I would tell them that they're not alone. There's so many people that suffer from ED, and ED, you know, is not just complete dysfunction. There's a wide range of um, functions. It's simply, you know, if you're not performing like you used to when you were younger, that's, you know, typified or classified as ED. So there's a lot of people suffering from it, and you don't need to. There's great treatments available to reverse and correct the dysfunction that that people have. What do guys say when you talk to the clients after the treatment? What kind of feedback do you get? We've gotten such great feedback. Some men are just so happy. They're like, you know, I haven't had this kind of function in many years, and it's just great to reconnect with, you know, their spouse or their significant other, and they're just so happy with the results they've gotten, especially with this new machine that we have. The other machine that we had worked pretty well, but this new machine works at least twice as as well, you know, probably even more, because we've signed a contract as 
uh, national <clears throat> premier uh, partnerships so that we can kind of tweak the protocols and the methods. And so we've gotten even better results than the, than the study results that they've had. And you got a special deal, special offer for people who call today. Yeah, so since it's a new machine, we're offering kind of an introductory offer. So if you mention 1280 The Zone, we'll give them $300 off. But what we're really excited about is there's a lot of people who have tried the other treatments and haven't quite gotten the results they want. We feel so confident that they'll get results with our new machine that we'll give them half off of our treatments. You can call now, 385-360-WAVE, 385-360-WAVE, 385-360-9283. Find them online at premierwave.com. Thanks, Doc. Yeah, you guys have a nice day. You too. It's game week for the Aggies, and the Zone Sports Network is getting you ready for kickoff. The Aggies welcome in BYU to Maverick Stadium for another chapter in their long rivalry with the Cougars. Listen all week for your chance to win tickets to the game and then catch all the play-by-play action, beginning with the Aggie pregame show Friday at 6 on 1280 AM with the postgame show immediately following the game. From Monday morning to all the play-by-play action, nobody brings you better coverage of Aggie football than 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. There's never bullets and board material because it's somebody else's narrative. It's not our narrative. Uh, I don't think we will all be here together regardless of age if we didn't believe in our ability and what we can do. Actually, it, it, it is funny because this is the, this is the only kind of lane and genre where you got to be a certain age to be successful or be great. That's Carmelo Anthony right there talking about the Lakers, the narrative they're old because, well, He's 37, and LeBron and Trevor Ariza are both 36, and Dwight Howard's 35, and on down the line. Much old guys, PK. Veteran experience. They're counting on it making a difference in the playoffs. I look at veteran talent as opposed to the age right now. What is the talent level? That's, I'm far more concerned about that than date of birth. And how does that talent level fit together. mesh? Yep. You know, what does Russell Westbrook do? He's so ball dominant. And how is he going to fit in? Because with LeBron, you don't want to take the ball out of LeBron's hand too much because he's really good. And, you know, what do you need to be successful? Well, you need guys that be able to hit open shots when he throws the ball out to you. And is that Westbrook's game? No. Nope. I mean, obviously, he's not the pure shooter. He's a phenomenal athlete. He may be the most athletic point guard ever to play. I think where he helps him is he carries the load, the regular season slog. He brings a lot of energy. He gets you easy buckets in transition. Can he carry the load in the first three quarters of a bunch of regular season games so that LeBron's not exerting himself all the time? I think for all of LeBron's teammates, that's kind of the role. And then in the fourth quarter, let LeBron win the game. And in the playoffs, then LeBron can It's only playoffs that matter. Who cares what yeah. they do in the regular season? Well, you don't want to wear LeBron down. Who, who wears LeBron down? Why are you assigning something that hasn't yet to happen? Does it lead to injuries? You can't predict injuries. Well, injuries, you really you can't. Know. The one they had last year when someone steps on his ankle and rolls over, that's a traumatic injury. It doesn't have anything to do with fatigue. But a groin injury, maybe that does have something to do. Yeah, but if he's hurt, then you're not going to win anyway. 
but maybe he doesn't get hurt if he doesn't play his minutes or he doesn't play as many high-level minutes and doesn't carry as big a load. Maybe. That's the best you got. It is It is the best I've got. <laughs> so, if he's not carrying as big a load, you're not winning. Mm. There's nobody on that team who can carry a load. Are you kidding me? In a second and third quarter of a regular season well, game? I don't care about the regular season. Well, that's where he's going to have too much. LeBron I don't care. is still a physical specimen and can handle fourth quarters and playoff games. That's all that matters. They're going to be judged on the postseason. Everything else is preliminary. Don't show up. Show up in March. Who cares what you do? Take that February break you took in Cleveland a few years ago. He is somebody who needs to be there for the postseason. He's about winning it all. You don't bring in a bunch of old dudes and can they do it in the regular season? Because if they can't then and they do it in the playoffs, who cares? I, I, don't, I don't consider them the title favorite by any stretch. I think it's a desperate attempt to try to get one more. Yeah. And and you know they tried it with uh because the uh, I can make an argument by relying on these dudes in the second and third quarters they're going to get hurt. I can make just as much of an argument there. We talked NFL today. Lincoln Kennedy joined us, and you pointed out, and I think I know you like to go against the grain, but I, I think you went with the grain on this one. Three and O teams, do we really trust them? O and three teams, oh yeah, <laughs> we know you're awful. Well, isn't that interesting? Though? We know you're awful. I mean, oh, yeah, yeah, the, the absolutely the exact opposite. But you can be so sure over here, but you're not sure over there. I am sure about the Lions and Giants, and I am sure about the Jets and the Jaguars. Maybe the Colts could get off the deck at 0-3. I don't think so. They're the only one that I'll entertain out of the five. Now, at 3-0, and Denver might end up being really good, but nobody wants to announce it off the three teams they've beaten so far. Well, they might be 8-7. and seven. Let's see what happens. they got to play the six games in the division every year. Let's see what happens when you get to those. Well, they don't have to. I mean, they're strongly encouraged. <laughs> But we just listed 0-3 teams that we know are bad, and they beat the Giants, the Jaguars, and the Jets. I think the Lions can maybe win some games. Yeah? Got a little hope for them? Not a lot. Well, I said some games. Right, yeah, some games. I get it. If there's a five-win team. But I I don't know where the Jags and Jets are going to win. When they play each other, that's one. Obviously. That's one, and after that... Although, not necessarily. (laughs) That would be awesome. (laughs) They both rolled into that 0-14 and tied. (laughs) Ten minutes of overtime, guys. <laughs> Nobody scores. <laughs> Just one pick after another. Anything else you took away from uh, from Lincoln Kennedy? He didn't like UCLA. That's where I was going. Yeah, but I think that you got to like somebody because somebody's going to win it. UCLA's got the two best wins. If you're saying who's looked the best so far, but the red flag on them is. Oh, look how Fresno threw the ball on you guys with the game on the yeah, line. Yeah, but who's throwing the ball against them? You knew like it was coming. The Utes, the Devils, Colorado, Arizona? USC. Yeah, I don't think they're going to go... Uh, but to your point, does Fresno have a better zero. passing attack? Does Fresno have a better passing attack than Utah? Yeah, I mean, does that Fresno kid is a transfer from Washington, Washington. so... Yeah. Do they have a better passing attack than ASU? There's a strong case to be made. We'll see well, right now they out. do. Yeah. Again, so. that it's next Saturday and uh, well, this Saturday 
uh, yeah. for these guys. So on that particular day, and well, and you look at the stats too with them, and you think, wow, man, teams can throw on them. Well, Fresno did. That's for sure. Yeah, uh, there's no doubt about it. And so can anybody else uh, remains to be seen. But I get why Lincoln would go with them because SC looks like a mess. The Devils just, they're going to commit a penalty. And and Rubel said, yeah, 16 penalties versus 10. Okay, that was 10 in the first half against a- SUU. It wasn't 10 total. It was 10 and a half. Yeah. So now I got one half, they commit 10, and then the next two weeks later they commit 16. So it's a little hard to explain that away. Yeah, and so when they commit seven penalties for 90 yards, you're jumping up and down <laughs> against Colorado. ASU and UCLA half. Saturday night, 8.30 on FS1, a little must-see TV there. It's, it's going to be an odd Saturday with the Utes on a bye and BYU and Utah State playing on Friday. So that'll be wide open to... Watch a little more regional and national games as opposed to uh, Pac-12 games. I've already checked it out. Oregon and Stanford on ABC at one thirty. That's a big one. Bingo. Uh, and I, and I think that in this division anyway, we might change our minds two and three times. Yes, the six games head to head will be huge. And just when you think a team is out, they win one of those games. Yeah, you get a different opinion. And Greg Rubel was just on, and he was talking about the injuries at BYU, but that applies all across college football. So a team that looks good now could be gutted by injuries by Halloween, and we could would be thinking about something else. You know what I found interesting? And you can go back and listen to that. As he's describing Aaron Roderick, mm-hmm. basically he's describing Aaron Roderick's uh, tenure under Kyle Whittingham. So Kyle Whittingham is having an influence on BYU football right now. Yes. Well, he had an influence on Kalani, too. Yeah, but they were always going to play that type of defense. Uh, but y- y- you play a defense, and that's more standard, where it's the, the variance of defenses that you can play is not going to be that good. BYU is not set up to play the 3 3 5. The, the think that they'll, they'll never do that. That's not their way. Uh, whereas offensively, you could have all sorts of there's more of a variance of philosophies and I think he's what I think A-Rod is doing right now is combining the best philosophy of Kyle with the take shots philosophy of Norm Chow and so you're getting that and those are two influences on him yeah obviously and so, and everyone's influenced by people that you're influenced by, and they're going to have a right. mark on you. A guy you played for and a guy you coached for, well, of course. Yeah. And so you're looking at that philosophy, and right now it, it's, it's going extremely well because they're simply not beating themselves by any stretch. They're just not. And the one time they have a big turnover, the other team doesn't even get a snap off of it. More games are lost than are won, and they're not losing games. Jazz are going to have a practice on Zoom. We agreed this is a good thing. Use the, anything to bridge the gap and connect fans to your players and your team. It's a positive. Even if it doesn't work, it's worth a try. Well, it will. it's a practice. It'll work. It'll work. I mean, if nobody is on it, so be it. It'll, yeah. They'll still have the practice, but obviously folks are going to be on it because there's all sorts of excitement 
with this team this season, as there should be. Football Fridays are presented by Stonehaven Dental. At Stonehaven Dental, they say yes. Yes to free exams and x-rays for new patients and flexible appointments. Say yes to great dental care. Visit StonehavenDental.com to schedule an appointment. DJ and PK, it is time for your feedback. All the things you have to say about today's show. How acceptable is it to boo college athletes? Tom Hagen says, well, players? No. The offensive coach that calls three straight three and outs? Yes. Although, as we got into earlier, how do the players know when you're booing the coaches? Well, you hold up a sign. This is for the coaches. <laughs> okay, that's good. Right? So that, that's a give it away. Yeah, I guess if the team, if you're a good three straight three and outs, and then as the team is leaving the field, the offensive unit, but even then you would think that that would be some of a booze would be directed towards the players. But the good thing about it, if you're going to boo, don't boo an, boo an individual player because this stems from the Oklahoma fans chanting the backup quarterback's name and booing Spencer Rattler. I just think for college kids, that's over the top. Ryan says booing amateur athletes is pretty weak. Of course, that leaves several college football teams as fair game. hey I added the hey I get it. We were just discussing uh, Whittingham's impact on BYU. CJ says Whittingham had a huge impact on Kalani and BYU's defense. Kalani was a running backs and tight ends coach before getting hired at the U. That's not true. Tuiaki didn't know what defense he was going to run when he was hired at BYU. He said so in his first press conference. I, did not I don't know what I'm going to do, but thanks for hiring me. <laughs> 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 but certainly Kyle's had an influence on those guys because they coached under him. There's no question about that because everybody that you come in contact with one way or the other, maybe it's an influence for the band. I'm not going to do that. But he's run a successful program, so there's no question that he's had a success. And then you can go back and say, well, then Lavelle Edwards had an impact on Kyle Whittingham. And yes, he did. Yes, he did. And his father, uh, Fred Whittingham, who coached at BYU, had an impact on his son, which is without question, he'll tell you that a thousand times over. So you can tennis volley that back and forth, but everybody you come in contact with is going to have an influence. And yes, BYU guys are going to be influenced by Utah guys and vice versa. Scream at the TV tweets at us, my perspective on booing of college athletes has changed a bit in the last few days. My youths have been through a lot. I'm going to cut them some slack. Oh, the death of the player? Yeah. If that's what it takes for you, sure, fine. Jake says, dirty plays deserve booze. Always. I'm looking at Coastal Carolina number 94 and the dude with the late hit on Baylor Romney last weekend. Oh, well, I'm talking about home team booing hometown player. I'm not talking about fans booing somebody else. The visitor, the opponent fans, I guess. We discussed uh, jazz bonding in Vegas. And Dan Met says, whatever bonding happens in Vegas stays in ba- Vegas and adds a gif from The Hangover. Well, then that doesn't work. You want that bonding to continue. You don't want it to end <laughs> in Vegas. If that's the case, then that that's bonding not good. needs to carry you through Milwaukee. <laughs> need some help. And I suspect that if they're off to a flying start and they're in first place at Christmas, then they'll be bonded just fine. Winning does help with the bonding. No doubt about that. Uh, I think it uh, doesn't it just basically cement it. Yep. Because whatever differences I have with you, 
Who cares if we're if winning? We're winning. <laughs> because these guys, particularly all these guys, you speak about a veteran team, they don't have as many over 30 guys uh, as uh, the Lakers, but the guys that they added, two nucleus guys to the rotation anyway, Gay and Whiteside, I mean, they're older. And they fully get they're coming here, and they chose to come here, coming here to play winning basketball. That's the whole point of them signing with the teams that they signed to play winning hoop. It's what it's about. Uh, there are plenty of guys over thirty on this team now, not the thirty five, thirty six, thirty seven year olds that the Lakers have, but there are plenty of guys in that thirty two to uh, thirty five. Rudy is thirty five. I know he is. Yeah. yeah. All right, DJ PK. It is time to welcome in. Dr. Justin Johnson from Premier Wave. You can find him online at premierwave.com. And, and Doc, you're telling folks that you've got a new piece of FDA-approved equipment that's a game-changer in the ED world. Yes, it's a technology that just barely came out. They've been working on it for 10 years, getting it through the FDA approval process, and it was designed specifically for erectile dysfunction, whereas the other machines while they're being used for erectile dysfunction, weren't specifically designed for it. And what it does is it penetrates a lot deeper, so you get much better results. And it's a game changer in that it's a quantum leap in like in technology. It's like going from like a rotary phone to a a smartphone, like an iPhone 13. It's the newest, latest, and greatest. So if this were an iPhone 13, people would be lining up to get this erectile dysfunction treatment done. So you've got uh, you've got people who don't line up because this is a sensitive subject and maybe they'd rather not do it. And what would you tell those people? Yeah, you know, I'm a, I'm a man, and it's a sensitive subject. No one wants to admit that they're not as healthy and vigorous as they were in their in their youth. But it's a common problem that men face. More than fifty percent of men over fifty have some type of erectile dysfunction. So I would tell people, hey, you're not alone, and you don't have to live with this. I mean, it's such a big part of our lives. You know, it really helps with relationships with your significant other. So there are great treatments out there to reverse and just completely get rid of this problem. So why not come in and see us? Because you don't have to live with this problem. So you got a special deal. Tell the folks about that. Yeah, so since this is a new machine, it's kind of our introductory offer. So if they mention 1280 to zone, we'll give them $300 off our treatment series. But what we're really excited about is this is such a great new technology. It works so well that anyone who's tried the treatments before and not had success, we will give them half off of our treatment package if they come and give us a try. All right. You can call right now, 385-360-WAVE. 385-360-WAVE. That's 385-360-9283. Or find them online at premierwave.com. Thanks for joining us this morning, Doc. Yeah, gentlemen, you have a very nice morning. You too. DJ and PK, Hans and Scotty are coming up next.